This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. We are officially 26 weeks in. That is a six-month chunk there that we have been in the book of Ephesians. We're in chapter 6, the final chapter of this book. The title of today's message is This Means War. Uh, this Means War. I, I thought about making it March Madness since it's war, you know, March Madness. Both of our, our local teams are playing today. And in the spirit of loving Jesus, I hope we're all happy tonight when it's all said and done. You know, that's the only time I'll say that from, from behind the pulpit. So uh, I know, I know, just being honest. But in the, this time of year, there's a lot of fun and there's a lot of media hype and there's a lot of stuff like that. But I'll be honest with you this morning, this text is a very serious text today. Um, the way that we preach here, we don't pick and choose what we want to preach about and just rotate that. I've said this before, if, you, if you've ever been a part of a ministry where the, the preaching was driven by topic topically driven if you really really pay close attention there are about 10 topics that the pastor feels comfortable preaching about and and because i am one i understand uh preachers become really good at repackaging the same topic about three months later from a different text but basically the same topic and in a way, I guess if you've done that for many years, you can become really good at that. And that's awesome. If people choose to do that, that is their choice. We choose to preach through books of the Bible. Um, and so what that does for me as the one who prepares is it challenges me not just to preach. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. Let's cheer. Woo-hoo! That's, that's Ephesians 2. No, it also says, hey, Ephesians 6, let's talk about spiritual warfare. Hey, that says, not only are we going to preach about the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1, and man, God gave you the Holy Spirit, and praise the Lord, but it's also going to be, hey, in Ephesians 5, we're going to talk to wives and husbands about how they're supposed to deal with each other in marriage. When you preach sequentially through books of the Bible, you hit, in my opinion, you hit what God intended for the church to hear. Paul literally wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus. He wanted that church to hear. And so we would do good to listen to the whole counsel of God. We would do good to try everything on the buffet. Amen. We would do good. I'm asking I speak to most of our hearts. We would do good to even take a bite of something that we don't particularly like. Because it's good for us. My eight-year-old daughter um, had a, got a spider bite of some sort. Took her to the doctor. They prescribed her to be on some sort of medication. I don't know anything about that stuff, but, you know, let's take care of it. And it tastes like garbage. It's horrible. And, you know, trying to get an eight-year-old to take medicine, you know, that'll challenge your parenting. And uh, since, you know, since we just preached about it the last few weeks, I'm like, Avery, you remember that sermon, you know? But obeying your parents. But you know, at the end of the day, it's good for her. She needs it. 
You know the parts of the Bible that don't taste as good? You need it. It's your veggies. It's your broccoli. Ugh. You know? It's whatever vegetable you don't like eating. But it's good for you. And so today, that's one of those... This is, this is one of those texts today. Today's text is makes me appreciate the way we preach. It makes me appreciate the, the approach that we take because I'll be honest with you, I probably would not on my own say, hey, you know what? Let me pick the spiritual warfare passage and let's talk about that on a Sunday morning. I probably wouldn't do that on my own, on my own but we need to do this. We're going to be in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10 If you have your Bibles, look on there. If you do not, uh, you have an app or whatever, or you can look on the screen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Heavenly Father, speak through your word. God, this is a, a text and a topic and a passage that isn't easy, but it's, it's needed, it's necessary in the life of a Christian. Speak to, uh, speak from and through your word this morning into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Finally, my brethren, Paul says, I have written to you a, a five and a half chapter letter. And finally, I want to get to some things. I've told you in the first three chapters, very theologically based. I've taught you some things. The last two and a half chapters, four or five, and the first half of chapter six, I have told you how to apply practically those things. Paul says, before I close this letter, before I sign off, love always, heart XOXO, before I sign off, I need to tell you something. And Paul basically says, hey, finally, to close out, I want you to know to live out your faith. To practically apply your faith the way that you're supposed to do that, to practically do that, you need to understand that there's going to be a fight. Hey, if you're going to live this Christian life, if you're going to live out the truth of the gospel, if you're going to live out the theological that we've talked about, and you're going to put it into practice as as an everyday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday Christian, hey, there's there's going to be a battle that ensues. And I need to warn you about that. Now, as you can tell in our text, you know where we're heading next week. We're heading into the armor of God. And that is the way he legitimately closes out this book. We're headed there, but we're not there yet. He wants to let us know that this means war. Because when we as Christians, we understand the theological truths of God's Word and grace and the Holy Spirit and God's Word, and we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, and we have a real personal relationship with Him, and then we seek to practically live it out, chapters 4, 5, and 6, we seek to be a good husband. We seek to be a good wife. We seek to be a good employer. We seek to be a good uh, parent. We want to live right. We know this, that when the devil sees that, 
then he's going to begin his onslaught. Hey, listen, if we're not doing this, if we're not living by the book of Ephesians, even if we're a Christian and we're just doing our own thing and living our own life apart from God's word, hey, the devil's fine with that. Go ahead. Keep on. But when we, when we seek, as the book of Ephesians teaches, to live out our faith, a battle will ensue. A battle will ensue. According to Barna Research, which is the most historically, historically reputable research company, though 69% of people in America believe in God, 60% of all, so only 40%, believe that the devil is actually real. So almost 70% believe God is real, but only 40% believe the devil is real. That he is a legitimate being, living being. Many of them see him as a symbol of evil, as a figurehead, but not a living being. And we can see that this would be one of Satan's main ploys to get people to not believe in him as a living being, to take him lightly. If people can convince that there's, be convinced that there's no such thing as the devil or no such thing as his, his demons and his angels who tempt to seek and to deceive people, then they are less likely to be on guard to fight against him. But conversely, when we do believe and we do understand that the devil is real and the devil wants a, uh, wants a stronghold in our lives, then we should be on guard. We should be uh, fighting this fight in the spiritual warfare. And make no mistake about it this morning, we live in the middle of spiritual warfare. You say, Josh, are you going to start this psychobabble about, you know, demon possession and all No, that's not, that's not what today's about. And just for the record, I do not believe a Christian can be demon possessed. I believe a Christian can be demon oppressed. I believe a Christian can be demon influenced. I do not believe that a Christian can be demon possessed. But we live in the middle of spiritual warfare. Satan has a plan. And he fights to see that plan come to fruition. And this morning I want to call our attention to our text. I want us to look through our text. I want us to see what God has for us. Because this means war. Number one, I want us to see this. The call to be strong. Look at, look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I didn't have this in my notes, so it won't be on the screen. But we close out in verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, being strong, the call to be strong. And let me say this. We as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, have not been called to be weak in the faith. We've been called to be strong in the faith. And, and this is not a berating point here, but let me just say this. We do need a lot more Christians who stand firm and stand strong in their faith that are not tossed to and throw, fro like a tumbleweed, but they stand firm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Psalm 1. We need Christians who are not, every time the wind blows, uh, they're, they're not blown away, but they stand through the tornado. They stand through the, the hurricane. But this morning, our, the call to be strong is followed very closely 
with the context of be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. No. Gotcha. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Lest you and I think that in our own strength, in our own power, with our, with our own gumption that we can take on the devil and what he wants to do in our lives. No, do not be strong in your own might. No, be strong in the Lord and in the power of, of his might. And some of us, yeah, I'm strong. I've got moral character. I get up at the same time every day. I've got my regimen. I've got this. I go to work. I'm here. I come home. I do this. And man, I'm strong. But you could be being strong in your own might. We are called to be strong in the Lord. And let me say this, we are never as strong as we are when we allow the Lord to show his power through us. In the Lord. Being strong in the Lord. There's a song, I may be weak, the lyric says, but your spirit is strong in me. And let me just say this, no matter how strong we think we are, we are, we are weak. We are weak. Hey, listen, you think you're strong? I, get, I guarantee you the devil can throw something in your life to prove to you that you're weak. Hey, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I guarantee you the devil can throw you a curveball that can, that can cripple you, that can put you on your knees. Hey, the moment that we get prideful and arrogant and the moment we think we're strong in our own might, the devil tends to put something and throw something in our lives that lets us know that we are weak without him. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And keeping this in context of the entire book of the Ephesians, the letter to the Christians at Ephesians, we see that Paul in his final exhortation to this church or to the churches in this city, he is telling them that if you're going to live out the Christian life, that it is going to take the, the supernatural power of God to live out the Christian life. Far too many Christians have been trying to do their best in the Christian life. Hey, I'm trying. Hey, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I find oftentimes people that use the word try all the time. It's a great cop out. Hey, uh, you, you want to go grab dinner tonight? I'll try. What's that? That's, there's like a Star Wars thing there. I don't never watch Star Wars. What is it? Do or do, do or do not. There is no try. That's scripture but to some people. Uh, but anyway, I agree with that. Hey, the word try is a cop-out. Hey, Kevin, let's go to lunch, man, this week. I'll try. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? That I can't stand on my own two feet and make a commitment, right? I'll try. Hey, listen, the Christian life's not something to try. Doing right's not something to try. Spiritual warfare is not something, hey, I'm going to try my best at this. No, it's either you're strong in the Lord or you're weak in yourself. Let me repeat that. You're either strong in the Lord or you are weak in yourself. And we have been called to be strong. Today we need strong Christians. We need Christians who are strong in the Lord and in the power of His 
might. You know why? Because our culture is strong. You know why? Because the devil's strong. You know why? Because everything that is yelling at us from this world is very strong. It's very strong. And we must be strong in the Lord as we face living out our Christian life as followers of Jesus. First, we saw our call to be strong, but secondly, this morning, we see the author of the schemes. The author of the schemes, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And you say, okay, Josh, I understand. But I want to just, I want to just zero in just a minute. We must be strong in the Lord because we have a very strong enemy. And the author of the schemes, the evil schemes, is the devil himself. It's the devil himself. We must understand our enemy, the father of lies, the prince of hell itself. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is real. He is real. And he wants nothing more than to seek after the weak Christian. To seek after the Christian that's strong in his own power and in his own might. And he wants to destroy, devour. He wants to ruin the lives of of Christians and non-Christians alike. But the devil has a plan. The devil is wise. The devil is a schemer. He is real, and he is at war with you. The devil is at war with you at work. The devil is at war with your wife and your hu- or your husband. The devil is at work in your family as a parent. Your devil is, the devil is at work in your extended family. The devil is at work in every nook and cranny that he can possibly squeeze himself into in your life. The devil wants nothing more than your marriage to fail. The devil wants nothing more than your children not to turn out for God. The devil wants nothing more than for you to act a fool at work and lose your job. The devil wants nothing more than to wreck and to ruin your life. And sometimes we use statements like, I just seem to be going through a tough time right now. I'm not really sure what it is. Or we say statements like, you know, I'm just struggling a little bit. When the truth is, many of those times we need to address it for what it is. And I've heard, I've heard Christians say this, great Christians say this all the time. Hey, the devil's fighting me. The devil's fighting me. And that's not just a, a play on words to get somebody in a conversation. No, no, no. The devil is fighting me. The devil is scheming and he is working and he is trying his best to break apart my life. We must understand who our enemy is. Hey, your enemy is not that lady at work. Your enemy is not your husband. Your enemy is not your wife. Your enemy is not your children or your parents, teenagers. Your enemy is, no, your enemy is the devil. And the devil uses creative, powerful means and tools around you in your life to oppress you, to break you down, and to try to win your heart away from your Savior. That's his goal. You say, can he, can he steal your, your, your eternal salvation? No, he can't. That's a, that was Ephesians 1, by the way. Go back and listen to that one about 20, 
four weeks ago, uh, 24 sermons ago. Listen to that one. No, he can't steal your soul, but he can sure take away your mind. He can sure take your heart. He can sure uh, crush that heart and make that heart hard again. And while your eternal destination is heaven, you're going there kicking and screaming. And you're going to have a horrible time when you get there because you ain't worship Jesus and you've not lived for Jesus and you're not ready to worship Jesus because you're living for the devil. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. The devil is the author, the father of all lies. And can I just be real for you for just, uh, with you for just a minute? Probably for the last three months, I have felt this in my life, personally. That the devil is doing everything he can in my life to break me apart and to break me down. Now, on the flip side of that, I also, for, for me personally, feel like God is working on the flip side, saying, hey, I'm exposing some areas in your life that you need to make sure we build back. There's some areas in your life that I need you to, to understand that are, are lessened and weakened, and the devil is, is finding that crack in there, and the devil's kind of, kind of like a, 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 a sponge, just kind of, he's able to get in there a little bit. Hey, we need to close that. But I have fought this. A real attack from a real devil who doesn't want me to succeed. He doesn't want our church to move forward. He wants to ruin what we have planned for next Sunday. He wants to ruin the connect group that we have planned for this week. He wants to ruin, the devil wants to wreck and ruin everything that we have. He does. And we may think we're just having a rough go at it. Or we may think, man, finances have just been tough. Or we may think, yeah, we're, I'm just not getting along with her the way I used to get along with her. But when in reality, we need to recognize it for what it is. It is spiritual warfare. And it is the devil fighting you. It's what it is. Right now in this room, as we preach God's word... As we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you know what there is in this room? There is spiritual tension. Inside of your heart, when you hear a truth preached from God's Word, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, He's talking to you, there's another person, there's another tension sometimes that comes in, and it goes, hey, don't worry about it. Just get through this sermon, you'll be good. Hey, I know he, I know he actually may have actually mentioned your specific sin today, but hey, listen, just get through it. You'll go to work tomorrow. You'll forget. The Holy Spirit will stop yelling at you. He'll start whispering again. But the devil's real. And he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We saw that we're called to be strong in the Lord. We saw that the devil is the author of these schemes. But thirdly, I want us to see the fight in the spiritual realm. The fight in the spiritual realm. For we do not wrestle, verse 12, against flesh and blood, but against principalities. By the way, that, that's an odd word if you really study it out. It means from the beginning. In fact, the word is used like 40 other times as beginning in Scripture. It's almost explaining that the devil, the fallen angel from heaven, He's been doing this from the very, very beginning, and he has. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And therefore, you should, as we're going to study next Sunday, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand 
in the evil day and having done all to stand in the Lord and in the power of his might. If I could just, that's the JCV, uh, the Josh Cox version. I added that in there a little bit, but to stand. So we have identified the leader of the opposition. That is the devil himself. But the devil is cunning and he is wise and he does things like uses scripture to twist it as he did to Eve. Hey, did God really say, oh, well, God said this. Yeah, but did he really, did he say? See, the devil is wise. He's wiser than you are. He's wiser than I am. He's been fighting a spiritual war with God Almighty literally since the dawn of civilization. And he leads a vicious spiritual attack. You may think that your problem is your job or you may think your problem is your marriage or you may think your problem is your friend or you may think your problem is... But your problem oftentimes is spiritual warfare. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood. But our battle is against the invisible. Hey, our battle is not against the visible. It's against the invisible. And maybe this morning, that's the practical application that some of you can take is, hey, stop fighting the visible and start fighting the invisible. Hey, your husband's not your problem. Your wife's not your problem. No, the devil may be using your husband in this sense. The devil may be using your wife in this sense. But the de- spiritual warfare. This is part of the devil scheming and coming at you with his bullets, with his lies. We are here today to fight the invisible, not to fight the visible. And I'm not here today to scare you. I'm here today to inform you. I'm here today to warn you that all these things that are going on in our lives are not just taking place by accident. Hey, there is something and someone behind it, and it is a spiritual battle. If you are going to live out following Jesus, if you're going to live out Ephesians 4, 5, and the first half of 6, then you're going to have to understand that the devil is leading an assault, a war in the spiritual realm in your life. Can I just say this? I believe some of us, probably more than we want to admit, are, are in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. We feel the oppression. Hey, we, we understand that it feels like we take one step forward and, and two steps back. Instead of two steps forward and one step back. Hey, we feel, yeah, you know, my marriage was struggling. But you know, we got away and we went on a little trip and we seemed to got things back. But you know what? Here we are a month later and we're right back. In fact, it's worse now than it was when we tried to start. So, spiritual warfare. There's a fight going on on the inside. And we must understand how serious that it is. That oppression that you feel, that darkness that you sense, that loneliness, that emptiness that's inside of you is coming through the avenue of spiritual warfare. And I'm just being real. 
if you've never experienced it or you've never, maybe that's not the word. I believe we've all experienced it. If you've never recognized it as real in your life, then I'm here to tell you today that you need to recognize it. Because there's a feeling that it invokes on you that is unlike any other feeling. So I'm here to warn you about that, but I'm also here today to tell you that it does not have to be victorious in your life. Hey, the devil is wise, but he's not the all-wise. Hey, the devil is strong, but he is not the, the all-powerful. Hey, the devil, he, he, is, he is cunning. Hey, the devil is aggressive, but he is not the all-aggressive one. You see, what I love is that this text leads us into the armor of God. And we're going to look at that next Sunday. But just let me say this uh, as, as kind of a, a pre, uh, pre-game warm-up a layup line for tomorrow's slam, uh, next Sunday slam dunk, right? A layup line. God has made a way to escape the, the wiles of the devil and the schemes of the devil. God has made a way. In fact, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that what you were able to uh, bear, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Hey, you may feel that spiritual warfare tugging deep down in your soul. You may be here this morning saying the devil is and has been fighting me for years. And I feel like I am just bound in this. Listen, God will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. He will make a way to escape. He will. I'm talking to some people in this room this morning that are in the middle of their own spiritual battle today. The truth is the devil is beating you down and showing no mercy. If the devil were to be an actual physical fighter, he would have you in a submission hold, ready for you to tap. He's real and strong, and he's showing it in your life. In fact, the devil is affecting your life in ways you never thought would be possible. And maybe you haven't told people about it. Maybe it's an internal struggle and an internal war. Nothing's going the way it should go. You're different than you were a while back and you can't put your finger on it. Everything seems to be more negative and, and, there's, and there's a dark loneliness there. I want to encourage you this morning that the devil is responsible for that. You're not responsible for that. The devil is. Stop blaming yourself, number one. The devil's responsible for that. And I want to piggyback real quick on that and say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not here this morning to tell you that Jesus just turns the switch. But I am here to tell you that if God is for you, who can be against you? I am here to tell you this, that Jesus, our Savior, the one that we worship, the one that we bow to, has victory over every one of our enemies. He has supreme victory in our spiritual warfare. That Jesus Christ, he claimed the victory when he died on Calvary's cross and he rose from the grave. That's why the gospel is not just for salvation. We must understand that. 
That's why the gospel is for every day of our Christian lives. You have the victory. It's, in the, it's an Easter Sunday. It's on April 21st. We're going to celebrate it. It is resurrection. We have the power because of Jesus. This is the same Jesus who turned the water into wine, who, who healed the man that was born blind, he, the one who raised Lazarus from the dead. Oh, yeah, you're four days late, Jesus. I will raise him up anyway. Oh, he's been dead. In fact, he already is starting to stink. I'll raise him up anyway. This same Jesus that cast out demons from the maniac of Gadara, the same uh, Jesus who healed the leper. Oh, by the way, the same Jesus that also healed 10 lepers. That Jesus, the one who is all-powerful, the one who spoke this world into existence, the one who fed 5,000 people with basically a bad lunch. That Jesus has all power in your life. And you may feel today like the, the internal battle and the spiritual warfare in your life is too much for you to handle. And let me encourage you by saying, it is. It is. And the best decision you can make today is acknowledging that. Because you've been fighting it on your own. You've been strong in yourself. And in the power of your character. And what you need to do this morning is be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. One of our favorite songs here at Keystone is complete in thee. Look at verse 10. And you are complete in him. Amen. Who is the head of all principality and power. He's the head. Jesus Christ is the head. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by, circum- by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. We are complete in Jesus Christ, who is the head of all principality and power. And he accomplished that, verses 11 through 14, because of the working of the gospel of Jesus Christ on the cross. And look what else he did in verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Listen, you have the victory. You have it. It's in Jesus. You have it. The war has been won. The fight is over. But we must surrender to the one who fought the fight. We must give our spiritual warfare over to him and i'm not saying if you come and this morning and and by the way i'm going to call us this morning down here to do this because i believe when we're fighting a spiritual warfare there's just a symbol and taking a step out and showing the devil that we mean business about this i believe there's something in that when we step out this morning it's not to say jesus i surrender this to you so when i when we get in the car today i want us to be gone that's not that's not the, the devil's smart the devil's wise 
But we can surrender. And we can say, I'm going to be strong in the Lord. I'm not going to be strong in the pastor. I'm going to be strong in the leader. I'm going to be strong in the Lord. I'm going to be strong in the power of my character. I'm going to be strong in the power of his might. I'm not going to be strong in the power of my experience. I'm going to be strong in the power of his might. I'm going to be strong in the power of my talent. I'm going to be strong in the power of his might. Hey, and when the devil starts coming at me this week, when he starts bringing that internal struggle, I'm going to preach to him. I'm going to sing to him. Some of y'all probably need to preach and not sing. Some of you probably need to sing and not preach. I'm just going to be straight up with you, right? Uh, You're going to preach to him. You're going to sing to him. You're going to declare to him, hey, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Hey, if God is for me, you devil can't be against me. Listen, we're going to declare those truths. Jesus won. Jesus is winning. And Jesus will win. That, that's all we need to know. Jesus won. Jesus is winning. And Jesus will win. You can, through Jesus Christ and Him alone, you can possess the power to defeat your spiritual enemy practically speaking it looks like surrendering your life to this book right here and i'm gonna fight the devil let me tell you something greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna stand in, in, in the power of his might but i'm not gonna crack up in my bible this week but god fight my battles Oh, I'm going to stand, I'm going to let, let Jesus fight my battles for me, but I'm not going to pray this week and communicate with him about it. Oh, I'm going to, yeah, Josh, you're right. I, I need to give that over. I'm just trying to do things on my own. Jesus, will you, Jesus, take the wheel, as the great theologian Carrie Underwood sang about. Jesus, take the wheel. But you can't get out of bed and get in the car to let him take the wheel. So at the end of the day, what does this look like? It looks like, Jesus, you are so powerful and you are so real and you possess so much power over the enemy that I can't help in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. I can't help that tomorrow morning before I go to work, I'm going to read Nehemiah chapter 9 and I'm going to read about, I'm going to flip over and read the book of Psalms 46, by the way, it's a great one. That's where I'm at. Yeah, there you go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea that means i've got i've got to have jesus to fight my battles i've got to have him so i can't just get up tomorrow and 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 hit the snooze button four times so i rush to work and don't have time to spend with him and then i get home and everything's busy and before i know it no i've got to spend time with him no, I've got, I've got to surrender to him so that he can fight for me. Spiritual warfare is real. I believe spiritual warfare coupled with anxiety, coupled with depression, 
coupled with um, mental illness that people deal with, coupled with physical ailments that people deal with, and social situations that cause them grief. Spiritual warfare, warfare coupled with that, that can feel like an insurmountable load. It can. So I'm going to invite you this morning to take that insurmountable load of whatever is on your back and just lay it down. Lay it down. He will fight your battle for you. But you've got to take the gloves off and you've got to give them to him. You've got to let him work. You've got to. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.